Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiasts. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine with insightful reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, helping you improve your game from tea to green. Good morning, welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world, with hosts Ted Odorico and Cindy Miller. Join them as they interview some of the best players from the Epson, LPGA and Legends Tour, and so many others helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy. All right, good morning, everybody, and once again, welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside, of course, uh, each and every week is none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional, Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts here uh, on the Women of Golf. Uh, how are you doing this morning, Cindy? I'm doing well. How are you? I should have. I'm doing well. I should have added to that and said when it's working, uh, we're your hosts here on the Women of Golf. But considering what happened last week, but um, let me just say before we start our show, let me apologize to the listeners who tuned in last week uh, to hear the show. And obviously, there was no show. Uh, we ran into some technical technical issues. Excuse me. Um, up right up literally the last minute before we were getting ready to go live. So. Uh, our apologies for that, and uh, we're working to reschedule the, de- uh, the guests uh, for that particular day. One of them actually has rescheduled for later this month, and um, we'll see about the other one, see what her schedule is like. But uh, nonetheless, uh, we're here live uh, this morning. We've got a great show for you. We're going to be joined in the second half uh, once again by Karen Nicoletti. She is an LPJ Class A teacher professional, and uh, she's going to be joining on the second half. We're going to catch up with her. And, you know, Cindy, I was just looking at the – the old archives, and she was on back. I didn't realize it was that long. It seems sooner than that. She was back on in June of 2017. I can't believe it's been that long. I thought she was on wow. earlier than that or sooner than Yeah, so it's been a while, so there's going to be lots to catch up on. We'll see what's been happening in her world. And then, but uh, first, we're going to dip into the no BS zone, and we're going to talk about how to build confidence. And this is one that, you know, I think an area that a lot of um, of our amateur players really struggle with is how do they build confidence? So um, we're going to start that. But before we, we get into the specific topic, I want to just touch on something real, real quick here. And that is really to answer the question, what is confidence? And essentially it's a feeling. Um, it's about trust, a belief in, in, in one's abilities and their decision-making and the ability to express those beliefs and decisions under challenging circumstances. So that's essentially what happens. Um, you sort of develop that feeling of confidence over time. Um, and I think you would probably agree, Cindy, that it, it takes time. I mean, especially in golf, it's a challenging game, um, even for the best of them. And there's always things that need to be worked on. There's always more practice and whatnot and more playing. And sometimes, you know, confidence can be a little shaky, uh, especially for some of our by handicap. Before we get into the specifics, any anything you want to touch on first before we start? Nope, you go right ahead. All right. So there's really two ways to look at confidence. There's proactive or reactive. And um, let me just give you, again, a couple of quick examples. So professionals tend to be, and, and I'm talking about whether it's on the LPGA or PGA Tour or what have you, um, great athletes tend to be more proactive with their confidence, meaning, you know, they've worked a long time, they've really honed in on their skills, and they've developed that, that feel. So they can be very proactive um, with that confidence. They're willing to take more risks. They're willing to be more at ease uh, because their confidence is high. Reactive people tend to be, as we've talked about many times, Cindy, where, you know, they've had some missteps, maybe a couple of bad holes, a few bad shots. So they're reacting to everything out in the golf course instead of being sort of proactive. Um, so how do you classify yourself, uh, Cindy, you know, when you were playing uh, more regularly on the tour, were you more of a proactive player or were you somewhat reactive or a little of both? 
Well, I think you everyone starts reactive and then you you get embarrassed or kicked off or understand that you have to learn to become proactive and how do I learn how to get better and become more confident so I don't react. Um, I teach my kids and students that I, you know, I'm lucky enough to coach 10 seconds to get ticked off when you're playing, when you hit a bad shot, and then you can react, respond, and then you have to recover. So you have to know what causes bad shots. So the whole thing stems from do you know what you're doing when you're swinging, and if you know what you're doing when you're swinging, then you have a process, which we're going to go through that, I'm sure, but you have yep. to be proactive for sure. Yep. I couldn't agree more. And and you're right. I think everybody starts off reactive. Um, and then as time builds on, as, as I pointed out, um, when you become a more accomplished player and you trust the, the process, um, then you become more confident and you be, tend to be more proactive. And and it bears the question, you know, and, and I'm sure we've all, you know, in, in especially in our, our line of work, but um, you've probably heard this familiar sound, I lost my confidence. And that happens every day. Uh, even to the best athletes in the world. So, um, you know, when they're not playing well and their foundation of confidence that they've built in building over years suddenly disappears. And for the, the difference with pros is they're able to um, regain that confidence. And that's what we're going to talk about here in sort of how do we build a golfer's confidence. So the question again would be, you know, what happens when you lose your confidence? Can, can they be taught techniques and learn to regain that uh, confidence? And the obvious answer is yes. So, Let's talk about something. So I think the first one, and I'll get you to talk a little, to start things off a little bit with this, and that is preparation, how important preparation is um, in developing uh, a, a better uh, game, if you will, um, and how that helps towards confidence. Well, again, you know, do you know what you're doing when you swing the club? And if you don't know what you're doing when you swing the club, then it's not time to go test it because you're not going to be confident standing on the tee box. You're going to just try to hit the ball and it's going to be game of misses and luck and you're not going to be in control of what you're doing with the club. Therefore, you're not going to be able to tell the ball where to go. Therefore, you're not going to be confident. Therefore, you're not going to be prepared so it's a matter of working on your game to know what you're doing with the club so you can tell the ball where to go. So it all starts mm-hmm. with being prepared. What are your thoughts? Exactly. You're exactly right on the money. And, you know, there's there's two ways of telling your ball where to go. There's the proper way, and there's when you hit a bad shot, you can tell it where to go. Um, and I'm sure a lot of golfers have done that. Um, you know, here's the thing that, I, I want to emphasize in preparation, uh, and I agree 100% what you say. It's important to understand, to develop some solid ball striking and things like that, but just as, as important is you have to put effort, the effort and work in in each part of your game and, in order to deal with specific shots that you might need on the golf course. You know, people, you know, we always joke about the range rats. They're sitting up there raking and hitting balls, really working on, uh, examples of shots they might be faced with. You know, I always say, like, look at your range and see if there's a section of the range that maybe slopes a little bit. And, you know, I'm talking about on the tee box part portion of it. And if so, you know, put a few balls down there and hit on an uneven lie because you're going to be faced with that many times out in the golf course. You know, work on your bunker shots, you know, not just uh, the easy, you know, sort of straightforward bunker shots, but, you know, step on the ball a little bit, plug it in there and work it, you know, uh, put it up into the lip of the bunker and, you know, Try some examples, and you don't have to do that as part of your warm-up routine. That's entirely different. But when you're working on really preparing, when you're going for maybe during your lessons, that's something you can talk to your instructor about and say, hey, you know, I really want to prepare. I've got a tournament coming up in a, in a couple of months. It's important to me, and I really want to make sure I've got all the tools in the toolbox when I go out there. So you want to have a plan, and you want to keep it simple as possible. But preparation is key. You need to learn how to uh, again, maneuver the ball. You need to know how to to uh, swing the club properly, and but you also need to understand 
what are the shots I'm going to be faced with when I'm out in the golf course? And I need to work on those shots. Don't work on things that, you know, I mean, you're not going to have perfect lies. Uh, you know, you might have a few, but the majority of them are not going to be perfect. So spending all your time on the range working on a perfect lie, that's not really good preparation. Uh, that might be a little more easy and simple, but it's not really preparing for you the types of shots that you might be faced with out in the golf course. Um, you know, next we've already talked about, um, you know, being proactive. Allow all the great uh, experiences you've had in the game to be the foundation of your, of your uh, confidence. So deciding that temporary low points in your game will pass quickly and will not have any impact on your foundation. So you've got to be able to say to yourself, and this comes into the mental side of the game, and, and I know we've already talked about proactive, but this is important I want to touch on as well, and that is the mental side of the game is you need to, you know, that falls in line with your confidence, Cindy. So when you're out there on the golf course and things start to fall apart, you've got to say the right things to yourself. And I'm going to skip down and talk to that um, because it's a little further down, but I want to add this into it, is creating a positive and supportive internal voice. Maybe you could touch on that a little bit uh, with how you work with your players on developing that. Well, you also need to realize that you're going to miss shots. And if you don't know what causes the bad shots, your internal voice is, you know, could say, oh, here we go again. You always blow it, you know, can't believe you do this all the time. And and if you start to listen to that voice, you're going to miss more shots. So when you understand this react, okay, you can get ticked for a couple seconds. And then respond and say, okay, why did the ball do that? What did I do with the club? And, okay, well, if I just blocked it dead right, well, I got ahead of the ball and the grip got there first and the face was wide open. Okay, I need to relax my arms and allow the club head to swing. Okay, we'll take a couple practice swings and let the club head swing. Then you can fix it, you know, and recover. And then, you know, you're not going lunaticville and you can fix the next shot and then you get back on track rather than go ballistic on yourself. So you understand that, you know, you can fix the bad shot and not ruin your whole round. Um, right. You also need to understand yourself better. So, again, that internal voice, my internal voice is very, very picky. And, and my Cynthia is my internal voice. And she's like, oh, how many under are you? Be careful. Look out. And she's my protector. Now, sometimes that's good, but sometimes she scares me, right? So Cindy has to say to Cynthia, I really appreciate you trying to help me, but I'm good here. I got this shot. I'm good. I've made a clear Mm -hmm. decision. I'm sticking with this club. You can't tell Cynthia to shut up. So, But if you don't know that, you're going to listen to this voice chirping in the back of your head right before you swing. Or sometimes in the middle of your backswing, look out, you know, and you're going to go, what yeah. the hell was that? <laughs> you know, but again, I say this because I, people, I, I want people to know that no matter how you good you are, that voice is there. And yeah. if you don't know how to talk to that voice, you know, you're going to think you're the only wacko in town. Well, everybody's got that wacko voice, but you have to learn how to talk to it. So, Again, be proactive and know, you know, that that voice is going to be there and say, you know what, I appreciate you trying to help me, but I'm good here. I've got this. And then you can be right. more peaceful and make better swings. And and yeah, it's like, all... you know, Camilo, again, the, the best example is Camilo winning this week. I mean, if you didn't yeah. cheer up, something's wrong with you. And, and for right. him to say that his mental coach said, Camilo, you can win again. And for him to, you know, I started to believe him and I can win again. And all the people that backed him and all the people that were, he goes, he, you know, he learned to believe that and then he did it, you know, and how good was that? So there you go. And then Mateo's up there watching, you know. Right. And, And that's a great example because, you know, these players, you know, are at a level physically that they all can have a chance to win but mentally 
they have good weeks and bad weeks. That's really what separates the better players from the not so great players. It's not just their physical abilities. Obviously that that's, you know, part of the strength, but their ability to believe in themselves and even the best players in the world can fall into that slump where they don't believe they don't trust the, you know, what they've got and they don't feel they can be competitive again. And once you start going down that rabbit hole, if you don't find a way of turning it around, um, it can be detrimental. And there's been actually players that have actually left the game um, because that, because they went so far down that rabbit hole that they weren't able to get themselves, that they completely lost their confidence. And, uh, and that doesn't mean that they, you know, suddenly couldn't hit a shot or, or, or couldn't play. It's just that they didn't have that confidence any longer in themselves to be competitive. And so you, you're right. right. You have to listen. To, yeah. You, if you start listening to that internal dialogue and especially if it's negative, um, you know, it, it, it can be a, a game changer and not for the better. Um, and, and you sort of alluded to this a little bit, understanding your strengths and limitations and even triggers. Um, it, it's easier to win believing in something you understand versus something you don't. So, again, knowing what your limitations are helps in the decision-making. So if you get out there and, and let's say you're not real confident, um, you know, hitting your fairway woods and you're 230 yards, uh, you know, from the green, um, well, maybe you don't pull out your fairway woods. Maybe you take out a, an iron and look at it as two shots to the green instead of trying to get there in one. So understanding those, those uh, strengths and understanding your limitations um, are, are extremely important. What are your thoughts here? Absolutely. Again, don't try to be a hero. If you don't have the shot, you know, play within your limitations. I mean, most people can't break 100. So, right. you know, let, if, you just, if you're just trying to break 100 – Play smart golf. Yeah. Again, it's easy to break 100 if you play smart golf. It's easy to break 90 if you play smart golf. You know. Yeah, and just... Make a and plan. Just pro- and, right, just to prove that point, over 50% of all golfers, not, I'm not, I'm excluding obviously the professional level, um, but of your average um, amateur golfer, over 50% cannot break 100 that's a big number, and that's basically uh, statistics from the National Golf Association or Golf Foundation, excuse me. Right. Um, so, right. Uh, and, and other sources as well. But so that's fifty percent of all the golfers out there, um, not at a professional level, that are struggling just to break a hundred, um, and then it slowly, you know, goes down below that, but in percentage. So one of the things that you can do is get some great coaching. Um, get matched up to your values and your needs. Um, you know, I'd like you to talk a little bit about this because you work with a lot of, um, you know, players at various levels and you've got a lot of juniors that you're working with trying to get them to that next level in their game. And it's all about really, um, and I can pretty much guess that, you know, you've got to believe in that student um, because if that student doesn't feel that you believe in them, that doesn't mean that they're doing everything right, but if you don't have some belief in them, they can do it if they want to put the effort in, then that's part of, that's potentially part of the problem right there. So talk about what you try to do to let them know that, hey, I'm, I'm in your corner. I'm going to help you do what needs to get done, but you've got to play your part too. I can tell you that if you give a rip about getting better, as long as you can walk and talk and swing a club, I can help you. And, um, in fact, Alan and I are discussing what we're going to do with a bunch of these kids that we teach that say that they want to play D1 college golf, who um, I say, okay, give me your stats, and we just purchased a coaching component of a, of a stat program that some of these parents have paid to be a member of, and we did this in August, and... I've said to the kids, okay, I want you to go back to a couple of your rounds and I want you to input your rounds because this will give us your strokes gained and when you come in for a lesson, it's going to tell me what you need to work on. Not one of them has input their round. No. Okay, so your give-a-rip meter is pretty low. And if you don't (laughs) give a rip, why would I give a rip? Why should I? So I'm trying to push a wet noodle and so part of this, Again, I'm harping and speaking to the choir, but 
Um, someone's chasing a trophy, and I don't think it's a kid. I think it's a parent. No. And and I and then they post pictures about trophies with trophies, and you know, I, you know, I, you're going to end up going to a school, and the coach is going to say we, you know, in fact, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago with Therese from mm-hmm. the Ohio State University and kids that don't give stats because then she doesn't yeah. have numbers. And and so, again, it it's all about passion and motivation. And I say to Alan, you know, why did we want it? You know, and we came from two separate situations. You know, I was afraid mm-hmm. of what I was going to lose. And and we're the only married couple in the whole freaking world that played on the PGA Tour, the LPGA Tour, the Champions Tour, and the Legends Tour. So, yes, I know we're half of a percentage of half of one of a percent, you know, whatever it is, a tiny little minute percent. And the best person, the best student we've ever taught is our own son. Well, we've got three kids, and the other two could care less about playing. So that's also a weird stat. And we've taught golf for 38 years, and he played on tour for 15 and played the Masters five times. You know, so again, I I don't know what it is, and we so again I I taught a young girl yesterday who's a nurse, emergency room nurse who's the cutest thing ever who played high school golf. She goes, I really want to get better. Can you help me? I go, well, of course I can help you. I go, look how good you're hitting it. She goes, I can't believe it's so much better. I go, because you give a rip. I go, you yep. should go to boot camp. I want to go to boot camp. She goes, I I bought. She goes, I'm addicted to Adele. I go, sell the tickets to Adele in January, go in May. She goes, okay, I will. <laughs> she goes, can, can you help me? I go, of course I can help you. You know, and she, she's 34 years old now, right? Right. I go, look, you're not married. Let's go win the Buffalo District. Let's go qualify for the New York State Amateur. She goes, really? I go, yes, really? You know, so again, she's not married. She's a great nurse. I go, who told you to come? She goes, Dr. Podless. I go, oh, I taught his daughter. I know, I know. You know, so again, I love that person because she really wants to get better. She'll do whatever. Now, why? Maybe because she's older and she wants it. She goes, my father says I suck. Her father's got cancer, right? I said, all right, bring your father with you. I said, all right, daddy, I'm going to duct tape your mouth. You've got to keep your mouth shut. I'm going to help your daughter. And she starts to kill it. He goes, holy shit, that was great, right? Excuse my mouth. <laughs> and and I go, see, I can help her, but you got to shut up. you got to quit telling her what she does wrong. So part of that is the parent telling the kid what they're doing wrong. Stop. you got to be more positive. Yep. Anyway, so can I help somebody get better? Absolutely. But you got to think about what you're doing right and not what you're doing wrong. And you got to give a rip. Yep. So everybody can get better. I don't care how old you are. Right. Exactly. So again, no, 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 that's good. But, you know. Yeah. And and you have to have as a player and as a coach, you've got to be able to create a clear and defined goal plan. You you have to. And and that's what you're really doing with her. You're saying, okay, here's what we need to do. So let's do this. Let's go out and make it happen. And, you know, sell those Adele tickets. and, And if you're really serious about improving, then you have to make some sacrifices elsewhere and really commit here. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. And, you know, she got excited and she's ready to do that. And, you know, you're reinforcing your position. Hey, I can help you, but you have to meet me halfway. You have to be willing to, you know, put some skin in the game. And that's really by having a good plan and something, you know, along with your coach, then it's something that you both can get excited about. Uh, But you're exactly right. You know, going back to your point earlier, you know, you get these students to say, well, I want to play, you know, D1 college golf. And but they don't want to put, you know, the effort in uh, or they think, well, it, it's just going to happen. You know, I'm a pretty good player and I won this and I won that. And they just want to work on a couple of things. But then they don't want to really focus on the stats like you talked about. And those are important. You need to know because that shows you where your strengths and it shows you where your weaknesses are. Um, so and again, that well, the falls other into thing, everything you know, again, and then I have to tell you this. This was a week or two ago. She texted me after the lesson. Thank you for being such a positive influence in my life. Mm-hmm. And I, I started to tear up. That's what I do. And that's why I do what yep. I do. So this is more than yep. golf. This is helping people oh, I know. believe in themselves. Yeah, And that's why yep. we do what we do. Right? 
Right, so, exactly. So when no, exactly. somebody says, can you help me? Because everybody that's come for a lesson has been browbeat. Everyone thought mm-hmm. they can't do this, right? So when mm-hmm. they, it's kind of like, can you help me? Yes, I can help you. Give me your hand. Let's go. Let's do this together. You know, it's the kid. And again, um, in my per, I do all these assessments, which you know, and my mm-hmm. motivation for helping people is the lowest motivation. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why is my motivation for helping people the lowest motivation? Oh, because it says you want to mo- you want to help people who want to help themselves. Oh, I get it. So that's right. why I don't teach school because I have to go where they don't want to be. Oh, you have to choose to come see me. Oh, you want to help yourself first. Yes. Okay, good. Come on. Let's go together. Mm-hmm. You get it? Yep, you exactly. You want to help yourself, and I'm here to – yeah, I'm going to pull you right out of this pot. Let's go. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and going back to something you mentioned earlier, you know, you have to focus on those good shots, not the bad ones. You know, you've got to focus on the positives. Um, you're going to have, um, you know, some lousy shots, you know, in the round or some miss hits here and there, um, and you just accept those misses, you know, as Ben Hogan famously talked about. Um, you know, you're, you're going to have, you know, maybe uh, five or six shots perhaps in a round that were great, um, but then you're going to have, you know, a lot of misses too. And if you accept those misses but, but focus on those better shots and say, okay, what did I do really well here and try to repeat that as, as often as possible, then you're going to build that, again, build that confidence. And ultimately what you want to do is, you know, it's great to be a great ball striker, but you want to become a great player. And that doesn't mean, again, necessarily at professional level, but you want to develop that player uh, ability. So, uh, again, this is really what you're trying to do is you're trying to make them a better player. When they're coming out to see you and Alan, um, you know, and they're not just coming out there just to hit some great shots and look pretty on the, on the, uh, on the driving range. Um, you're trying to help them develop their skills as a player, correct? Say that one more time. I say you're, you're not just, you know, trying to, you know, make them look good on the range. You're trying to help them develop themselves as a good player. Absolutely. Nobody's a ranger at. It's more than just, no. you know. Well, you'd be no. surprised. You'd be surprised. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Who the hell right. wants to yeah, be I mean, a ranger at? Right. <laughs> exactly. Spend all of their time, you know, beating balls, as we talked about earlier, on the range. So if you're, you know, to sort of sum it up, if you're looking to develop your confidence, then you, you have to do you know, the different steps that we talked about is you've got to, you know, prepare how you play and prepare yourself as you're going to experience the game out on the golf course, not just what you're hitting you know, on the range. You've got to be, uh, you know, work towards increasing that confidence and be more proactive uh, in your decisions um, and accept when you do have some low points that it's okay. It's okay to get upset for a few seconds, as you pointed out, um, knowing your strengths and limitations, um, and obviously you want to seek some great coaching, um, develop a, a clear, defined uh, goal uh, or plan. Um, again, create that positive, supportive internal voice and make sure that the people around you, including your coach, is reinforcing that. If they're you know, not uh, all happy and cheerful either, um, then maybe you need to find a different coach. And then ultimately you want to focus on developing yourself as a better player. And when you do that, you're going to enjoy the game. So I think those are some good tips to follow in there. I know there's many other things that we could add in there, but uh, I think that's a good start to get people to help build their confidence. So um, go out and do that. Uh, Rewind. uh, uh, You listen to the recorded version later on if you missed anything or if you're coming a little bit late. Uh, Some good tips there and some great advice uh, from our one and only Ms. Cindy Miller. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to be joined by our very special guest, Karen Nicoletti. We'll be right back. The following ad is sponsored by Golf Tips Magazine. Are you tired of being short off the tee? And what about those three putts? Forget about it. It's time you got serious about your game. Golf Tips, the most in-depth magazine in the industry. For over 30 years, Golf Tips has delivered expert content such as the latest golf instruction from America's top pros, simple-to-follow practice and game improvement drills, fitness and mental game tips, Equipment, training aids, accessory, and apparel reviews. Golf destinations and travel tips for every budget. And so much more. 
Don't miss a single issue. Go to golftipsmag.com and subscribe today. All right, welcome back, and we're very excited to have joining us uh, once again this morning uh, our very special guest, Karen Nicoletti. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about her. She is an LPGA Class A uh, professional, uh, born in San Diego, California. She started playing golf at the wee young age of just five years old, uh, but she had an excellent junior career, winning, including the win at the Junior World Golf Championship when she was just nine and ten years old. Uh, she played on various mini tours and the Women's European Tour after college, and even owned and operated her own golf shop in Germany. Um, specializing in uh, golfer development, uh, Karen's unique approach to coaching inspires golfers of every age, gender, and skill level. Uh, her special efforts with junior golfers have uh, provided young players across the country with the tools, confidence, and support uh, to participate and achieve uh, success in any endeavor. And she is a site director for the LPGA USGA Girls Golf Program. And she's also very passionate uh, for working with students with various uh, challenges, such as uh, the blind and uh, quadriplegics as well. So please welcome Cindy. Uh, let's help welcome our very special guest, uh, Karen Nicoletti. Good morning, my friend. Good morning from beautiful Florida. How are you? I'm doing well. And you? <laughs> I'm fantastic. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been a while. Yeah, we looked we at were... the calendar. It's been forever. <laughs> Well, I've think, been a busy yeah, think, girl. As you know, building a cave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the hell? Well, yeah, I think, I think Karen, I think it was back in 2017 was the last time uh, that you were on the show, but we're glad that you were able to make it this morning, and uh, thank you for joining us from Florida. So, Cindy, I'm going to let you go uh, first and um, let you start the conversation off. All right, so tell us about the cave. <laughs> All right. Well, I've been busy for, I don't know, about many years, 2017. Goodness gracious. Um, I have built a facility in Southwest Florida in the Fort Myers Estero area for getting better at golf and having fun at the same time. It's a, a bar with beer, wine, seltzers, uh, soda. We have wings and pizza and a small little grill. And we have three TrackMan golf simulators. So listening to your conversation earlier, you know, and tying it in is, you know, do you really want to get better at golf? A lot of people say they want to get better at golf. Well, you know, the good part about coming into the cave is, you know, everything is TrackMan. We can see all the things you're doing wrong and get you better. And people, some people don't like to see that. But, you know, when we're talking about how far they carry the ball, you know, I mean, it's just a really been a very interesting, interesting, never thought in a million years that I would own an indoor golf facility um, that I use for people having fun and people learning the game. So that's what it is in Estero, Florida. Do people like it? Oh, they they absolutely love it. I mean, we've found different ways. There's been a lot of challenges through it all, you know finding different ways, familiar with the Florida golf scene. As you know, there's not very many public golf courses. The majority, if you are a, unless you live in a private community, it's very hard to play golf. I'd say we have three public golf courses within a 40-mile radius, 50-mile radius. And that's just because the property is so expensive in Florida to just build a driving range. So, it's been great. It's been challenging to get, you know, we have a lot of snowbirds down here. They go back to different places. Um, we found that our clientele is more your average every day, uh, probably ages anywhere from 19 to 55. We found that this is, if I could you know, say anything to anybody listening, you know, older people tend to be afraid of technology. And I feel like in the world of golf, technology is what will help them. And you have to understand if you have a good professional or whoever you go to, if they have a great understanding of technology and how to use it and how it will get you better. So uh, my, my word of advice is don't be afraid to go see a, a LPGA professional, PGA professional. 
that has technology. It's not going to be too um, analytical for you, and it'll help your game. Huh. Well, that's huh. good. What do you know? What do you what know? Do you what know? do you know? <laughs> but, um, yeah, things, I mean, things have been great. It's a great way to practice out of the heat, out of the sun. Um you know, it's just been it's been a busy adventure. You know, I, I, I'm in Greenwich, Connecticut in the summer. My husband runs the business down here. But um yeah, we have I have junior programs inside. Uh we work a lot with juniors and you know, getting them just having good basic fundamentals to swing the club. Well, there you go. Ted, it's your turn. Very interesting. So what was the inspiration behind doing this, uh, Karen? What what made you, what was sort of the thought process in, in doing that? I think it's a great idea. And you're just to touch on something you said, you're exactly right. I know people in the Naples area, which is just a little above uh, where you're talking about, and they run into the same problem. You know, it's pretty much private. There's really no or very little uh, public access uh, to this game. And, and it's very challenging for people that want to learn but don't maybe either have the wherewithal or are not part of a, a private member's club. So what was sort of the inspiration behind developing the cave? What, what uh, sort of helped you guys get started? Well, I mean, it was one of those, I mean, you definitely because there's nowhere for anybody to hit balls or practice. Had some young uh, friends that I taught up in Maine that were going to college. They wanted to come down here and practice in the winter and get out of the Maine weather and I got him here, and we realized that there really wasn't anywhere to play and public golf courses this time of the year, knowing that they can get the business from Northerners, that it's just mm-hmm. very, very expensive. And then the driving ranges that they do have are in pretty poor shape just from the right. amount of play that they get. So uh, we thought, well, let's give them a place for them to come in and practice at a great price. Um, originally we were going to sell memberships and, um, still probably maybe in the future we will, but right now we've just given a very fun, um, non-threatening environment, good instruction. That's another thing, you know, I, I go to public driving ranges sometimes and I, I hear the next person that wants to be a pro or the next husband that wants to teach their wife and then they're in court for divorce. (laughs) 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 Giving advice giving advice and uh, telling them all the wrong things. So I'm really big on trying to reach out to people that want to get better and understand why they do what they do wrong. And we could be the best in the country like Cindy. And, you know, and if you don't know why you're doing it or how to fix it when somebody's not standing there, uh, you're in trouble. You're well said. And, and also, too, too uh, Karen, I think one of the issues that I hear, particularly from, I think everybody now, but particularly from some of the younger generation that have gotten into golf, is a, a time issue. They don't, you know, they don't want to spend four hours out on the golf course all the time, and, and some of them don't even want to spend two hours. So they're looking for alternatives to say, hey, I want to be part of the game. Uh, I want to learn the game a little bit more, but I don't want to have to spend my entire day but I still want to have some of that experience. So really what you're offering is something that complements what's already out there um, now. Is is that correct? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we wish the days of having a four-hour, 18-hole round were still true. Um, you hear it all the time. Mm-hmm. People that come in, they just say, you know, it's also nice. I can play 18 holes in less than five and a half hours. You know, you can come mm-hmm. in there. And the, the great part about indoor which is different than top golf is that you bring right. a lot of you bring your own clubs, you hit driver, you're a hundred and next out, you hit your next club. You, so you hit everything down to a putter and you can putt if you want. So it is practicing at least target practicing, making you focus on the length of the swing when you only have to go 20 yards. Uh, when you see when you're swinging out of your shoes with the driver, you know, I always tell people the best here, if you hit the ball out of bounds, you don't have to go and walk through the bushes to go get it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. How, especially many, in- how many courses do you have? 
Um, right now, TrackMan has 296 courses you can play. And what we have heck? league. I know. We have league nights. Yeah. It's great. You know, I mean, not everybody can afford to play, pay $500, $600 to go play Pebble Beach. But you can come play it in the cave. And this day and age with the drones, with the, you know, the technology that's out there, it's awesome. You can see the, you know, the houses that are out on number one or right in there. I mean, it's just like, you know, yes, you don't hear the sounds of the ocean so much, but you do have the beautiful, beautiful, and you can get an idea of what they play. We have leagues um, a lot of nights, uh, probably five nights, four nights a week. And it's fun. We try to get the, them to play like maybe the same course that the professionals are playing on that same week. Like during the Ryder Cup, we the Ryder Cup golf course is on the simulator. And so everybody got to mm. come and play the course that the pros were playing during the Ryder Cup. Wow, that's great. That's awesome. Um, and, and Yeah, and also, too, let me just add, then, then Cindy, I'll, I'll bounce it back to you. Um, so the other thing, too, which I, I like about what, what you're doing is it creates a great social environment. Um, you know, it, it's different on the golf course. You're with your foursome or twosome or whatever it is, and, you know, you're kind of isolated. But here, you know, you're offering leagues. You've got uh, other opportunities and obviously a smaller facility than you would have an 18-hole golf course. So it's a more intimate setting as well where people can, um, you know, get to know one another. It's, it's uh, and, you know, obviously some great food opportunities there as well. It's a great way for people to socialize. And, again, going back to this younger generation, that's really what they're looking for. They're looking for not just to learn to play the game and, and understand the game, but they're looking for a great social experience as well um, in their golf. And that's, you know, been talked about in many articles um, when they're speaking with millennials and, and, you know, Gen Z and so forth is a little bit different. But, um, but that's something, too, that I imagine um, a lot of people are enjoying about your facility, too, correct? Oh, yeah. How about this? What what football team do you follow? Do you have a team that you follow, a college or NFL? Yeah, unfortunately, we'll mine's Georgia. losing, but Auburn. Auburn. Okay. So you could come in on Saturday on game day, and in the corner, we do picture in picture. So we put the football game on the left side of the screen, if you want, in the corner, and then you could be playing Pebble and watching Auburn at the same time, a lot as well. You know, you have your normal play. I can't go play golf today. Auburn's on television or the dogs. So we just make it a two-in-one package. You can come to the cave, work on your golf game, have that social aspect, have that fun, and watch football at the same time. Wow. And that's exactly what I'm talking about is that's what, you know, I think, as an industry, I think the golf industry has to, um, you know, continue to find ways to evolve and attract, you know, new golfers. And it can't be just this, the sort of the, you know, the traditional tried and what used to be the tried and true methods because the generations coming up now are, are not all as interested. Now, some are, but a lot of them are not as interested in the typical traditional uh, ways of, of being introduced to the game. Uh, others are looking for different opportunities and, so I think what you're what you put together here is sort of gives them an exposure uh, to the game and lets them have some fun in that. And then if they want to take it that next level and go out and play, you know, on uh, some of the local courses or, or what have you uh, as they travel, then that's an option too. But I think it's great, um, Cindy. Don't you agree? Absolutely, absolutely. It needs to be more I have fun. A, I have a great story to tell you. You guys would appreciate this. So funny. We had a group of gentlemen come in the other night, and they had booked a reservation. You book online for your base. Um, you know, people ask, you know, if I want to play nine holes, you know, how long do I take? Well, it really depends on how many people are playing with you and the level of players. But we had a group of guys that rented out two bays. Well, they pull up in the parking lot, and I look out there, and they're coming in with strollers in their no. golf clubs. With their strollers and their golf clubs. And I thought, i got to take a picture of this. So they come they're in and they proceed to tell them, Yes, their wives had a girls' night out. Their, friend, their wives are all friends. They had a girls' night out, and they said, we're going out on Tuesday. Well, they said, well, we're going golfing. And they brought the strollers. They set up. We are kid-friendly. They set up like a play area. 
And, like, if a guy was sitting, the other one was playing with the kids, you know, of course, out of way of safety. And it became, I'm telling you, I never, I thought it was genius. Those guys, instead of staying at home individually, they thought, well, their wives are out together, so they might as well be out together and had all the kids it's from from infant, from small to, like, two, three years old. It was fantastic. You know, kids, some of the, wow. the feeding them pizza. Oh, it was, I had Cheerios everywhere. <laughs> I bet the kids had a ball. Oh, they had a ball. And, you know, we do a lot, speaking of kids having balls and you talking about trying to make it fun a different way, funner than going out in your traditionalist. Nowadays, these simulators, TrackMan has fantastic kid games. And they, you, you, we have birthday parties there for young kids. They don't even ever have had to play before. I get there, get in there, help them with their basics. They kind of hit the ball. And as long as that ball touches the screen, like an animated character comes out of the screen at them, makes oh, noises, no. or whatever it may be. And so we do a lot of kids' birthday parties. And then we have husbands bring in their wives that have never picked up a club, and they'll play maybe you know, closest to the bullet. So there's adult games as well. That is similar to Trackman where you don't – or excuse me, to Top Golf, where you don't have ever had to swing and you could top it and get a point. But um, yeah. they have – they've made it fun. They get it. They've made it fun for all ages to learn the game of golf. And I have, I have family lessons where I split the bays up, the adults on one and the children on the other, and the kids are practicing and they don't even know they're practicing while the adults are learning as well. So they call it Sunday Funday oh, wow. at the Cave. That's awesome. You are brilliant, my dear. Well, if anybody's in the in the Fort Myers, you know, Naples, Marco Island, Bonita Springs area, tonight, Cindy, I wish you were there. We are having a professional trivia night with golf professionals. The LPGA is in town for the final tournament of the year, the CME Championship. So I am doing a big meet and greet for all the professionals that are in town and uh, for the girls that live in this area to get to know one another and get some more camaraderie together. And um, I spend most of my time, as you know, in the Northeast, and I'm hoping to do that up in the Northeast soon. But, yeah, tonight is going to be a big LPGA, PGA, trivia night, simulator night at the Cave. And we wish you were here. Well, if I was, I would be coming, but I'm going to be well, teaching at the Dome in Buffalo, where it's going to be what, chilly outside. What is the weather in <laughs> Buffalo these days, and is there any snow on the ground yet? No, and I'm a little ticked off that there's no snow. It's like in the 40s. So it's too cold to lay in the sun, but uh, it's not <laughs> snowing yet. Although Alan did buy a new snowblower, so he's cool. The snowblower moves by itself, so he doesn't have to push it. And he got it to start, so he's all proud of himself. <laughs> anyway, yeah, but there's no snow yet. Now that we've spent thousands of dollars on a snowblower that moves by itself, I'm sure it's not going to snow. But we're ready, baby. <laughs> you are. So, you know, I think... I want to say something about whenever I do listen to your show and those of you that are listening to the show and when I came on early to listen to you talk earlier today, you know, I feel when I was listening to you, I was thinking to myself, how many people, and maybe you guys could give me a number or maybe suggestions and maybe you've discussed it on previous shows so you can go back and listen to your shows if you missed it, is how many people at the beginning of the season, I, I try to, you know, you have to come to me with goals, right? What do, you, what do you want to achieve? Do you want to be a better driver? Do you want to break 100? Do you want to break 120? Do you want to get single digit? And I feel like people watch professionals or they get on that darn internet 
and they try to think, you know, that sometimes advertisement makes it seem so easy that they're going to be a scratch tomorrow. Um, I just think that people don't really know, like you said, want to get, they want to get better, but they don't know how, and they don't practice with a purpose, visualize being on the golf course. They don't think, I I remember one pro when I was at a teaching summit had said, you know, golf is a little bit like pool, as the game of pool. You're setting up for your next shot. I think people just get up there, they see a number, you know, one, you know, and they just go for it. And for a lady, it might be a, a fairway wood, right? She just hits it and then prays that it gets near the green. I think there just needs to be more playing with the purpose as same with practicing with the purpose and and really defining what you're trying to do. Are you trying to be the club champion? Are you trying to win flight B? Are you know, what are you really trying to do? And and I think that goes to a lot of collegiate golfers as well. Um, you know, I find that they say they want to get better, but they don't realistically, they don't put in the time. People have painted big pictures for them. I have a young man who takes from, he's a member at my club, and he takes from someone in the area or whatever. But he's out there practicing for nine hours a day. Nine. Wow. He's there when I get there sometimes and when I leave. And this is horrible. But he's not winning things. And he's not getting better. So there's a problem. Nine hours. Folks that are listening, you don't have to practice nine hours a day to be a great golfer. No. You know, there's a there's a number of tour players, Karen, over the years that really didn't spend a lot of time compared to others on the practice tee, but they they knew what they needed to work on to make them successful. Bruce Litsky was one, um, you know, hated to be out there practicing all the time. He certainly would get out and hit some balls and things like that, like in the rest of them. But he didn't, you know, believe in spending. Now, that was just him, and I'm not, I'm not suggesting this, but, you know, for him, he knew what worked for him, what, what made him a better player. And there's others out there, you know, um, you know, maybe like Tiger, who spends, you know, a much longer period of time, but he works on specific things. And then you get somebody like a Jack Nicholas as an example, who, you know, went out at the beginning of the season, worked on the fundamentals, you know, loosened up, that sort of thing. But he didn't really spend hours upon hours at the practice tee. And I think it goes Correct. to what you said earlier is, is practicing with the purpose. And, you know, we, Cindy and I were talking even earlier, you know, referencing the range rats. You know, we see them out there raking and hitting balls, but they're not really practicing what they're going to be faced with out in the golf course. So you're exactly right when they come out at the beginning of the season. So um, for our, the benefit of our listeners out there, if you were working with a student, let's say, you know, whoever, you can name them whoever you want, and they're just coming out and you've been watching them for a little while and they're just doing that rake and hit, how are you going to set them up for success? What are you going to advise them to do and say, here's how I want you to practice moving forward um, to become, and here's what I want you to avoid doing? Oh, definitely. I part of it's my personality, Cindy. You know, um, I think they got to make games, play games, give them a target, give them something to compete, compete against something else. Pretend they're on the golf course. So I will set them up and say, okay, where are you going to play this week? Okay, I'm going to play Tory Pines. You know, I'm born and raised in San Diego, so I'll use that one. Going to play Tory in a tournament. Okay, have you played a practice round? Yes. Do you love it? Hole number, you know, hole number three on the north is just kills me. So I want you to practice like you're playing hole number three. What happens when you're on hole number three? Is it the wind that gets you? Do you not hit enough club? Why are you scoring and picking that hole out? So I want you to visualize, get into that. And it's not easy. You have to, especially if you're someone who is a very auditorial learner or a very, um, can a feel you have to kind of get out of your box get into another one and visualize putting yourself in that situation i tell people all the time you can't go have your glass of wine or your soda 
if you don't hit all these two putts, 10 two putts in a row, or you hit the green when they're practicing short game. You know, when you hit the green a lot in your short game, then you can. I tell people to play games, put themselves in a um, a real life situation that they're going to get into is what I would recommend. You know, different Mondays go out and practice short games. Don't bring your driver. Wednesdays go out and practice just your woods. It's really a waste of time. And I'm going to tell you from a teaching professional standpoint, it's quite irritating. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. Um, Cindy, go ahead. Um, you got to have a plan. You got to know what you're doing. Yeah. You got to yeah. know what you're working on. And again, you got to know where, if you can't hit the ball where you want it to go, you got to go back to basics. Correct. I mean, if you can't hit the ball where you want it to go, that's where you got to go back to. And then if you can't think your way around the golf course, then you got to go back to that. You don't fire at all the pins. And then you got to make a game plan to play the golf course. So number one, you got to be able to hit the ball where you want it to go, and then you got to be able to think your way around the golf course. And if you can do those two things, you can score better. It's kind of simple. One day, yeah, and you know, one day we're going to get my husband to be your guest, Cindy, and um, be on here and well, yeah, we're going to get him to sign up. He was a PGA caddy for the last. 18 years. Unfortunately, he has spinal problems and is going to have spinal surgeries. Had it once, going to have it again. Those tour bags are heavy, but that would be a, a great concept, you know. When when he, you know, you said you don't always fire at the pin. I mean, I learned a lot just when I got together with him. I would say, here, hand me my eight iron. He's like, you're not hitting your eight iron, and I'd be like, he's like, just don't worry about it. Hit this. I'm like, what? But there's a lot. <laughs> You know, talking to a professional caddy, people don't realize it's not just about carrying your clubs. And if you have someone, mm-hmm. I'm a little prejudiced, good like my husband on their bag, um, it it and gives you an idea how to plan your, you know, play your way around a golf course. Uh, it, I think it'd be a fun guest to have. Uh, he's in a lot of pain right now, so it's going to have to be in 2024. He's going back into surgery this month. But um, I will definitely get him to be your guest, and I think he would love talking about it. Well, we would love to have that him would be great. Uh, join us on the show, and, and um, Cindy can um, let you know how to get him to do all that. Um, but so before we let you go, because we're getting out of time here, how can people learn more? Is there a website that they can go to to learn more about the cave? Yeah, they go to www.thecavesswflorida.com. You can Google the cave in Escaro, Florida, and come on out. Come by and give us a try. Come and check out the really unique, local, inexpensive way to play golf and some great, great instruction out of the cave. Well, Karen, thank you very much for, for joining us. And, again, that website is www.thecaveswfl.com. All of the information there, uh, if you want to take part in their indoor golf leagues, you can do that. Uh, Get a look at the simulators. Their menu is on there, of course, some of the great food that they're serving and uh, the many uh, golf courses that uh, are featured in the simulator. And you can actually, using the right on the home page, there's a QR code that you can scan and uh, download the app uh, from the App Store and build a free profile to get things started. So go and visit them. It sounds like a great opportunity, and when I'm down that way, I'm going to definitely stop by and uh, and uh, enjoy some of the great things that you've got going on there. But, Karen, thank you very much for joining us this morning, and we look forward to having both you and your husband come back and join us in 2024. Oh, I will, and I'm waiting for you two to come and bring your show on the road and do it live from the cave sometime in the winter. That would be great. Well, actually, that sounds like a lot of fun. We may take you up on that. So, But thank you very, very much, uh, Karen, for all that you do and for um, creating a, a great uh, a, a great addition to the golf industry. And um, we look forward to having, as I said, you and, and Brad uh, come on and join us uh, in the new year. 
Well, thank you, and happy, I can't believe I'm saying this, but happy holidays to everyone. Thanks, You honey. too. Okay, bye, bye y'all. Love you, Cindy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Love you, too. Bye-bye. All right, uh, Karen Nicoletti, and uh, talking about the cave, the new venture that she's got going in southwest Florida. Definitely want to check it uh, check it out. Uh, on that note, uh, I want to thank everybody for joining us. Uh, we will not uh, have a show next week, um, being that it is uh, Thanksgiving week. So we'll be back the following week, which I think is the 28th. Um, so we'll see you back here on the Women of Golf Show then. Just a few more shows left this season, and then we'll be taking our normal break and uh, firing back up a little bit later on in 2024. But thanks, everybody, for joining us this morning. God bless, and have a great uh, holiday. And we will see you next week, or next time, excuse me, on The Women of Golf. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Ed. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. To get updates on the show, you can follow the Women of Golf's Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash womenofgolf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.